0: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the CodeCount Podcast. And your host is Temi Jiboy. Please make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on your favorite podcast app. Um, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the CodeCount Podcast. I have another guest in the building and he's quite popular in the flood R community Nigerian community and his name is Jeremiah. Um okay I'm going to let him introduce himself because I i don't know how to call his name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well my name is Jeremiah and my surname is Obomo. Okay. You can just say Obomo <laughs>
2: like Please, we, we, yeah you're
1: you from I'm from edo State. I'm a Bini boy or man, uh, whatever case. <laughs> okay. Um, so
0: let's start from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. You are a software developer from your LinkedIn. And we sure. know you quite well from your uh, Saturdays app of Flutter. And you have a very popular package in Flutter that almost every Nigeria developer has used once in a while.
2: <laughs> so I've heard. So-
0: yeah, I actually used it when I started Leading Flutter. Uh, then when I discovered a uh, Nigerian beauty song, um, I was like, oh, nice. So now let's know of your journey. How did you start tech? Were you someone that really loved tech or you just stumbled on it or you went for it because people say there was a lot of money
1: in tech? Okay, well, uh, let's start the journey from the earliest point that I can actually remember. Okay. And the early, earliest point is 2011, early 2011, and that was when I got into the university. So wow. I, I did not know about tech in the sense that we talk about tech today. I just <laughs> know about, oh yeah, there's mobile phones, at that point there was Nokia, and some other browsing phones but it was mostly just j2me things and blackberries were becoming popular at that point okay and yeah it's only the the rich one amongst us that could afford it for me at that point i had i had a nokia phone uh and when i got to school i started hearing people talking about because i i also studied engineering so in Mm. my faculty there were computer engineering students. And I knew a couple of them, and they were always talking about Java, this, Java, that. And that was the first time I heard about Java. I tried to see what it is. I didn't have a laptop then, but I was just browsing on my phone just to see, get an idea. And in some tutorials, you would see that, oh, you could actually do it on your phone. I tried. It was very weird. It was just (laughs) completely weird trying to learn this gibberish called a programming language. And that was my first um I would say entry into how it looks like. Yeah. But the first time I actually wrote a program myself was still in the same year. We had this programming course called MATLAB. It's for mathematics, but it it was uh, just something that we would use in engineering. Yeah, okay, yeah, so, because engineering. So, it makes sense. Yes, exactly. So, it was just fun. But I also, at that point, still didn't have a laptop, so I had to, like, learn how to use it from my phone somehow. Uh, But I couldn't run MATLAB directly on my phone, so I needed to find, like, an alternative. And that was Mm -hmm. when I stumbled upon something called JavaScript for the first time. And it looked like MATLAB. It had almost the same kind of syntax. The whole curly brace, uh, plus and minus, and everything, declaring a variable. And I was like, okay. I think I could still practice this thing without having a laptop using JavaScript. Wow. And basically that was when I started learning JavaScript. And from there it was like, yeah, you could do plus one, plus two, uh, write the script. You could run it on your phone directly. And then you s- I started seeing things like, oh yeah, you could have an input form. Uh, you could do like checkbox and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this thing called HTML then. <laughs> and start learning HTML, and then say so style it, give it like a red background. I was like okay, uh, CSS, I guess. And <laughs> then CSS fell in, and I was like, all this while it was still on my phone, mind you. Wow. And this was still hundred level, just a couple of months in school, and that was basically what started it. And at some point, it sort of clicked that wait, wait, wait a minute, this is how websites are made. And I was like, okay, uh-huh. that's interesting. Can I actually start building websites? Should I look for how to build websites? And I started searching on how to build websites, uh, ended up on so many Nigerian forums. Very early on, uh, all those interesting Nigerian devs at that point where they were building like forums with HTML and CSS and JavaScript yeah, yeah. and PHP. I, I sort of viewed at that time too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very fun. It was very interesting. I can't remember all the details, but I just knew that there were these guys that could just, they just had these scripts in PHP that one script with all the things in there and you just host it somewhere and you have like a full working forum where people can chat and do stuff. And there were a lot of Nigerians doing it there, and young people as well.
2: Yeah, I and remember. And that was basically, yeah. That was it. I
0: remember modding uh, scripts PHP script. We would mod exactly. it very well, tweak it, and then we host
1: it. Yeah, it. Tweak, it. tweak the colors, add... tweak everything. <laughs> it was and fun. We, it was very fun. Then
0: though. we'd be posting cheats. Cheat there.
1: Yeah, cheat for. codes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Modding Opera Mini. And even though I didn't know what I was doing then, but they just said, follow this thing, paste it here, paste it there. It will work. That was like the initial, initial process for me to be honest
2: hmm. so
1: from then on it just it just took off um, slowly uh, but because i obviously didn't know what i was doing i just knew that oh yeah there's this forum where young guys are chatting about building websites learning php which i also did like every other person and yeah. it was it was fun it was very fun
2: so so
0: that introduced you to coding and yeah. When you graduated, did you decide that, oh, I'm going to dump engineering. I'm just going
1: to go code? Well, it was a process. It was not a singular decision because um, I think when it sort of started clicking for me that this is probably what I wanted to do is during my IT. So my internship um, program was like six months and I had to do it in like a traditional um, engineering company probably mm. must have heard of Judas Yeah, and that's why I did my internship and it was very interesting but at the same time it sort of opened my eyes to the fact that this is probably not what I want to spend the rest of my life doing it is fun in a way um, it's good engineering education if you're interested in it but for me it was very slow and also very one-sided. There was really no room for like personal experimentation or anything. You just do exactly what was set out for you to do. And that's it. Every day, you just chug along, spend ten to 8, 8 to 10 hours every day just slaving away. Of course, making money. But of course, not the same amount of money that we make now. But at that point... <laughs> That was what you could dream to become as an yeah. engineer, for for goodness' sake. So after that, I I started putting more energy into what I did. I started like trying to figure out the best way I could be the best at what I do. And mm. this was like three years later when the first time I started doing it. And I think at that point was when I when I came back from IT, it was five hundred level, and I was like, okay, I'm first of all. I need to make sure I graduate well. But <laughs> at the same time, I need to you also too. make sure Ask I perfect, you. yes, what I know now. So that by the time I leave, I'll be able to build something for myself. So it's not, at that point, I wouldn't say it was necessarily to get a job or work for a company or something. To be honest, at that point, I also didn't really know what career choices i had or what path i had in front of me it was just mostly i could keep doing this and i could be the very best very best at it that i can be and let's see what happens because i also saw this movie then very popular movie social network about uh, how mark zuckerberg basically built facebook from his room i was just like maybe that could happen so there was not really like, oh, I'll go and work for one company or something like that. I didn't even know that there were companies that had software engineers like full time. I just thought it was something you did for <laughs> clients and that's the end. You do for another client, you build websites, you do this, you do that. So now, it wasn't yeah.
2: talking
0: about that Facebook thing. Yeah, I, had, I just have a, a, a flashback of me trying to build a social network too. Oh, yes. And when we realized that Mark Zuckerberg actually built the first version with PHP. Oh, my God. That was everything. So if you can build it yeah. with PHP. And we have been tinkering around with PHP. So of course, we could um, build the next Facebook too. <laughs> yes. But, but from your story, it looked like you were doing it for fun because it was really fun. And there was not this pressure on you that, like now, that everybody, if you turn to the left, you'll probably see two devs. Don't see like two devs doing like building amazing stuff, and then the pressure is on you. But yeah, does it feel like back then it was just about you exploring and having fun?
1: Yes, I would definitely say that because. I did not have any direction, to be honest. It mm. was just, oh, this is nice. So this is how they built this thing. Okay, what next can I actually learn? What is the next thing that I could learn to basically see if I could build my own social network? That was the direction. I wanted to build something interesting. I, I, I invested time into building some things while yeah. I was in school. There was this idea I had of sharing like a social network for just sharing your grids to other people. Which most likely not a lot of people would want to do. But I felt maybe some people will like it, like the top people in class might want to show that, oh, yes, I, I did get all A's last semester or something like that. And I was like, this is what I'm going to build. And I did that. And I went around, I think just my faculty, to be honest, like just telling it to people. That was my first time I was like, okay, I'm, I want to do something. But it was mostly just for the. Def- I wouldn't you really use the word fun because if I say fun it makes it sound like I wasn't serious. I was no, no. really serious. <laughs> I was really serious about it, but at because the same you time
0: you wanted to be the next Suzuki bag.
1: Exactly. I just <laughs> wanted to I just wanted to be really good at it. I, I, I was like a competitive programmer at that point. I don't know if you did PHP long enough, then there was this site called PHP Classes. Yeah. Uh, where you basically post php classes that you write and it gets ranked and voted on like i was really serious with it like i won two awards from that site so i was really really serious (laughs) i think my profile is still there maybe other people would have surpassed it but I, i i feel like i would still be around like top five nigerians or top 10 nigerians i knew there was this one guy that i couldn't catch up to i for some reason the guy was just really good then But I was really, really into it. But at the same time, it was fun. It was enjoyable. And there was no real pressure, to be honest, because I was still in school. There was no pressure to, oh, you have to make money or something like that. It was just, yeah, this is nice. I want to learn the next thing. And now it's a different story. But at that point, I had that room to basically spend like four or five years just trying to figure out if I could build my own.
0: If you are listening to this podcast on Spotify, please make sure to leave a comment in the Q&A section. So Today's brand is Blast of Trivia. Blast of Trivia is a tri- trivia game that you can download on the App Store and Play Store. And they allow you to win cash by playing trivia. Okay, um, so from your experience now, would you say that um, people that learning how to code now face some intense pressure, maybe peer pressure, that I I like to call it. Then, compared to your own time, when everything was just to uh, build from projects, or you want to build something that will be
2: the next Facebook? Well, uh, the answer is a very resounding yes. Uh,
1: There's a lot of pressure now, especially if you're learning. Because there's this, not just pressure from family and stuff, but there's also pressure from friends. So for me, at that point, I really, there was only one guy in my class of like over 100 people that was actually remotely interested. And there was like maybe two other guys from another faculty another, from the same faculty but a different department that were also mm. remotely interested and then i knew a guy from computer science that was just as much as the people i knew so the the pressure was not really there it was just oh yeah what are, what are you learning what have you guys learned today yeah like, yeah he didn't really do anything yeah and you're like yeah i me say not do anything that's just how it goes yeah. Like, there was no... Have you, have you learned this new library? That's the new <laughs> thing. If you don't learn it, you might never get a job or something like that. There was no yeah, exactly. job. There was no gig mentality then. So it was just, what did you learn? How far have you gone with your own um, study or whatever? So there was no... Ah, if you don't learn this thing, there's no job for you. Or if you learn this one, I don't oh. learn this other one. Things will not work out. So that there was no... Those sort of discussions were not part of my early years at all. It was just, oh, this thing is cool. I would like to learn it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I would learn it. It's a new language, but fine. And that's how I learned Angular. And that was my first job, Angular.
2: You learned Angular?
1: Yeah, I learned Angular because it just made sense. Well, there's a long story on all the things I've tried. But this is just because of that pressure was not there. I didn't learn Angular because I wanted to get an Angular job. I learned Angular because I was doing something else before. And, okay, I was doing normal vanilla JavaScript. It was difficult to manage things together. And then I was like, is there a better way to do this? jQuery. Okay, that's nice. And then, okay, is there something better to use than jQuery? And then there was this thing called Backbone. It was just slightly better than um, jQuery. J- yeah, yeah Backbone JS. And after that, you're like, okay, this is nice. Okay, this is nice. But then it doesn't do a lot of things. And then out of nowhere, they announced Angular 2. I was going to replace Angular 1. And mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, I saw this Angular 1. I didn't really like it. It felt very magic-y. Maybe I would yeah. learn this Angular 2. Maybe Let me see what's the difference. And that was it. It was not a case of oh, I want to get an Angular job or something. So when yeah. I was done, or maybe not done, but while I was on that journey, that was when I graduated from school, did my NYC, and during NYC, a friend of mine, the, the only friend I knew from computer science, got a job, mm. and I was like, wait, seriously? So you could actually get a job. So <laughs> no, people can. Like, actually- that is nice. <laughs> yeah. That must be so nice. Because at that point, my plan was to come back to school. To build
2: the next... um... Do
1: masters. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to come back to school to study for masters or something. Or come back to school. I had two options at that point in my mind. Come back to school, study for masters. While I'm doing my masters, I'll enroll as a graduate assistant. No, not even build the next Facebook, to be honest. It was just enroll maybe as a graduate assistant and start teaching people maybe software or something. Or I would enroll in, in my school. We had an ICT department. And I would just enroll because mm. I knew a guy from there. And the guy was like, yeah, just come back, come back, come and join this department. You get paid maybe 80K or 90K, almost the same salary as your junior graduate assistant. I was like, okay. So those are my two options.
2: I was not really even really looking
1: wow. at I want to go and get a job. And
2: the,
1: yeah, until that, my friend basically got a job, and I was like, wait, what? You can actually get a job? And that basically gave me hope, and I started applying, and I actually got a job just before going for NYC. It was like 15K in Lagos, but it sort of made sense <laughs> at that point, and I was like, I would do it. Anyhow, it's a job. At least it's, it's, a, it's a something. Uh-huh. So, and it was remotely then, which was like the first remote job ever because i but, had to go do my nyc now
0: but then uh, looking at something at, yeah but looking at that time uh, is it easier easy to get jobs then because there are not a lot of people into tech then
1: i don't know if it was easier but at least that was my first job and the first job was basically someone posted on our class group that someone is looking for software engineer and they were like, yeah, we only know one software engineer in the entire class. That's him. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll go. And I went there. It was in Lagos. I live in Lagos, so it was easy for me. So, and they were like, yeah, can you show us what you've done? I was like, yeah, this is my school project. I did an IoT project with Arduino and some C++. And wow. I built a web dashboard for I did something like that for, for my year project, actually. That was my exact year project, too. So, and they were like, yeah, that's nice. We'd we'll, we'll like you to do something like that for us. Would you work for us? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? And they are like, yeah, the pay is like 15K and we'll give you 2K on, for data. I was like, ah, uh, okay. Well, fine. Yeah, sure. As, as long as I have a job. And like I can say I got a job out of this. This is not what I, I wanted to do in my life, but if there's a job, it's fine. But I didn't actually apply for any other jobs before. So I, didn't, I don't actually... Have experience applying for jobs, and then during NYC, the same guy I told you um, got a job that made me even know that you could get a job. He also recommended me for another job, so a job that he, a company where he was working at, in Abuja, and they were also looking for a, a software engineer. And he was like, "Yeah, I have this my friend from school, and he's just about to finish NYC. Maybe you can interview him." And that was also how I got my my. Maybe I'll say my first proper job. So I, I didn't really <laughs> look for a job per se. I just got recommended both times.
0: And that that looks like my journey as well. Um the very first job I'll ever get that I applied for is my is a flutter role. But the mm-hmm. jobs that I did writing C sharp, Angular and stuff. I never really applied for them. It's just a recommendation because I think at that time, tech companies in Nigeria were starting to boom. Mm-hmm. So there were not a lot of people that are skilled. And then this, um, all these boot um, camps were churning out big people. Um, they usually come to schools True. then I've forgotten their name. <laughs> they were turning out and a lot of people then were learning CCNA they're not learning CCNA uh, they not.
1: <laughs> yeah I remember we <laughs> have not done those times you know those boot camps and they changed jeez <laughs> that was I, you just brought back that memory because that was like the first thing I started here when I got into school like from 100 level you, you had all these people coming on stage yeah. Start saying, Get it now. If you don't get it now, it will be too late when you need it. And he was always like, My God, what is all this? I don't want to do anything about network. I don't care about this thing. But it just yeah, feels so. like this was a thing you needed to do. Otherwise, your, your life, your career, just kiss it goodbye. So it was very weird then. Up to like just, 200, I, 300, 400 level. I kept feeling like I was missing yeah. out.
0: They yeah, we do it every, every um, session. They would come and they would recruit yeah. a lot of students because. Oh yes. But I just knew that this this is just dumb. It doesn't make sense, and because they were not, they don't offer a lot of software programs. They, it's just about networking and a lot of things. I, I just felt like this bullshit, man. So Same so thoughts. the job like like working for Sterling Bank. Um, it was just a recommendation. I just moved. <laughs> I just moved before you know it's in a twinkling of an But now it is quite hard for people to. I don't know. I think it's harder now to get a tech job. Do you think so as well?
1: I I think so too. Uh, well, hmm. I I think so because I know a couple of people that are trying to especially i would say it's harder for junior devs especially Mm. if you're trying to break in but for more senior roles maybe not so much as long as you find the job then most likely you're qualified for it you you would get at least through the first door or and the Mm. second door maybe it's at the final stage most times i've heard that people get turned back maybe because of your location, maybe because of your accent or something. I've had cases like that.
2: Yeah. But
1: I think it's more difficult <laughs> for young, younger <laughs> junior devs to get in now because, one, the competition is very stiff, and, two, there are just so many people. So most companies are like, yeah, there's so many people, no experience, very mm-hmm. low quality to a, to a large extent. So they just they just don't care that much. Especially if they don't have any like in house senior devs, they just feel like there's no point hiring junior devs because someone has yeah. to hold their hand and they don't want to do it unless maybe there's a senior dev and then you talk to the senior devs, senior dev is like, I'm not interested. So but the it's problem. Hard, is, hard.
0: If you don't hire a junior dev, how do they become senior? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an age-old problem that I don't think anybody would properly argue one or the other because in order to hire the, the junior devs, you actually need senior devs on ground. Yes. And if you don't have senior devs, then you can't hire junior devs. And if you don't hire junior devs, you can never get senior devs. So yes. it's just a question so, that keeps so going. So you probably have
0: a, rec- a recycled senior devs all around
2: companies.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And senior devs so, tend to move faster and
2: quicker
1: yeah. jumping hey, yeah.
2: from one company <laughs> to the other.
0: When they are offering more money, why will I like stay in exactly. your company? <laughs> okay. Exactly. So if, if if you are going to advise a junior dev trying to break into um, the job, trying to get their first role. So let, let's take it in the perspective of having a Flutter role now. Because it's like a discussion for a couple of days now. So what would be your advice for a junior dev to
2: get their first role? What do you think they should do? What do you think they should know? Well, I have interviewed a couple of junior devs, and mm. I
1: think one thing that sort of stands out Maybe there are a couple of things, but one thing that I look out for is originality. Of course, okay. it's easy for me to just say that because I've, I've had experience and I can say, okay, yeah, if I see this, I see this, then I know you're original. I know you sort of are interested in doing it because also from our own point of view or from my own point of view, I say a lot of people do this now because it's what is in vogue. Is what most people are doing, and it's what makes sense to do without actually looking like you're wasting your time. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people get in with the mentality of what is the quickest path to build something that I can show that I can do this thing. And I think that is probably not the right way to go. But again, I'll be saying that from a position of privilege because it's easy for me to say that someone that probably needs to eat then yeah. that would always be the first thing on their mind like what is the quickest and cheapest path I can take exactly you just have to find a way to hack the system yeah and, and the, the bad thing yeah the bad thing is that people like me I could spot that from a mile away I could yeah. tell you are just trying to hack the system yeah so if I see that It's usually a turn-off for me. And then what what I now mean by originality is that try to find out, even if if there's not enough time, even if you're trying to be quick about it, but at least try to find out history about things. So, for instance, most general devs come into Flutter and one of the first questions they see people ask is state management. They have no idea what state management means, but... (laughs) People talk about it, so it means the that it's something important. Which
2: one is better?
1: Exactly. The and better. the next <laughs> question is, which one is the best? So <laughs> when I hear questions like that, I usually like, okay, first of all, let's talk about what exactly is state management. So what is state management in general, and then what is state management specific to this kind of app, this kind of app, this kind of app, and then when you look at it in general like that, and then specifically based on the kind of app that you're trying to build, then you'll be able to decide, maybe not decide straight up and say, okay, mm, now I've seen this app, it's
2: RiverPod. You know, I'm not advertising RiverPod. You know, or it's blog. <laughs> or it's GetX or whatever it is. It's <laughs> only at
1: that level that you can make those decisions. But still, you're a genitive. You can't actually make those decisions without trying it out. So I feel mm-hmm. like the next step before trying it out is what is the history behind this thing? Where did it come from? Who made it? Why do we why? have it to begin with? Yeah. Why, why do we have... Why do, there has to be a reason why there are so many libraries. There has to be a reason why there's so many discussions being made around it. Why and where and when did it start from? Like, if you think in that direction, you'll be able to actually go back... And, because history helps a lot. A whole lot. I hear yeah. people
2: say things like, oh, yeah, boilerplate, this that, that is boilerplate, that's why I get it. I'm like, yeah, but what is
1: boilerplate? Saying, Can you explain to me what boilerplate means? Like, well, that's what this guy said on YouTube. I'm not dissing YouTube. But <laughs> that's what this guy said on, on, on one medium post. Like, his boilerplate is part of the cons. But
2: what does it mean to you? Yes. At writing Why do you five extra
1: important? lines of code. What does it actually mean to you? Does it affect you in particular? Has it affected your app? And what does it make? What does it mean for it to be boilerplate? So if it's unnecessary code that you need to write, okay, fine. Where does that unnecessary code now go in this library? What does it? What replaces it? Exactly. So you start with that mindset. You might be able to. You might be able to basically build an opinion for yourself, even if, it's, even if it's half-assed, even if it's not complete, but it's an opinion. And that opinion is what I mean by originality. So you coming up with your own decisions and writing your own code, not necessarily following, oh, fine, you can follow a blog, but follow a blog and then try to understand why that blog even came up with that solution. Then it allows you to write your original code. I recently reviewed uh, a candidate assignment for a junior role. And for me, I was like, "Hmm, this code looks very interesting in a way. Fine, it's a junior dev. I could understand. But some things feel out of place. So I, I, I really would like to know what's going on here. So it's either you're following a pattern or you were following a pattern from a tutorial but figured that you, you don't know. want to type out everything. So you just <laughs> remove some things and delete some things without knowing what the pattern was even about. So that was what I saw. And I was like, I was talking to my co-interviewer uh, and I was like, what do you think about this code? And I was like, well, what he thought is that or what he saw is that this dev literally copied a tutorial. Wow. Word for what? And I was like, are you serious? How? How did you know? He's like, yeah, because he read the same tutorial that someone posted it on a blog post. He didn't read in detail, but he saw some things and it was easy for him to recognize it. I was like, can you send me the link? And I went to the link and I saw that he actually copied it word for word and removed uh-huh. some files from okay. left, right and center <laughs> without actually even knowing it. why he did it.
0: He so the- it was
1: so weird. <laughs> exactly, he modded the code. It was just so weird, and that was why I was like, okay, this is, this is weird. I know it's a junior dev, but come on. Like, that is the originality that is missing. Yeah. You just don't lift things up and copy people's code. Like, copy people's code and make it your own. That's not how it should be. Fine, you're trying to get to the goalpost very quickly, but originality is key. You have to know the history behind things. Maybe not yeah. in detail as to why, but yeah, history.
2: Yeah, I
0: think I think a lot of people are just trying to get results and not really know just sitting there and think that how can I approach this? Uh, um and we see that a lot. And then yeah, it comes some of the discussions around why someone will be dragging and just regurgitating things they have been seen on blog posts and videos and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's because it's not good. But why is it not good? Uh, <laughs> yep. That's, <laughs> so that's like, the question. Like I posted on like I posted on um on Twitter which day and I said and I said something like you know you can actually use RiverPod with your block or qubits. And then comments were like in which use case do you want to use that? Why would you want to do that? And I'm like, <laughs> it's just like I'm experimenting. I'm just, I just look at it like, oh, okay, so Liverpool just like helps you assess objects. So you could even use it with any other thing. And then yeah. it just it just to for in my mind, I was just like, I'm just saying that you can actually just do this because you can experiment. I'm not saying that you should go and do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can. You can. And to be honest, with the way Riverport is built, there's no saying that you should not. Because again, people people sort of miss, like, I think miss the point between, this might be us going into state management where we should not, but people miss (laughs) the point between having states And also managing states and then holding that state somewhere in memory. Yes. So if you're able to actually differentiate these things, there might be more things to differentiate, like caching and some optimistic data fetching or stuff like that. But Mm. the two main things is, one, you have to hold the state somewhere in memory. And two, you have to be able to retrieve that state at any point you want. The other yes. part, which is like, oh, you want the state, you want the UI to rebuild when the state changes, that's, that's a different thing. But the main thing mm-hmm. you want is that you want to be able to hold that state in memory, and you want to be able to retrieve that state at any point in time when you need it. So if
2: you, if you know that those to, two
1: things... Yeah, please go on. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to
0: say a question to a junior dev would be that why... You are saying state management. So what in which um, scenario in your code have you thought that? Oh, I need state management here. Is it because everybody is saying that? Oh, state management, state management. <laughs> have you yep. had a scenario where you just sat down? Okay, so I need to manage states, and then you started to look for how do you manage states? Mm-hmm. Because um, yeah. back then when I I remember back then when I was writing Angular at the first time, I discovered that during that time, I didn't even know what state management was because I never had a situation where I'm thinking that, oh, I need to hold this state somewhere and then retrieve it later because there was no scenario then for what I was building. If there was a scenario... I would have thought that, oh, okay, so is there, a, is there possibly a library that helps me do this? And I didn't know about state management in Angular for a while until another project. and mm-hmm. I thought that, oh, so there is even a package in Angular. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, so there is a package that actually... Because there was no scenario, but people... For even small stuff like this, everybody is now um saying that oh you have to go and use state management I've not learned it, you have not done it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I didn't yeah, want that, to that's go in.
1: also where the peer the peer pressure comes in. But yes, please let's not go into state management.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last question that I'm going to ask you because we are I almost ran out of time. Is so, I've been. Um, I recently became a senior in my company. Nice. Um, that was some months back. And then um, people have seen it on my profile and they come to me and say, like, Why? Um, what if you want to be from a mid level developer to a senior? What makes you a senior developer? So, um, I tried to explain it as much as possible, but to me, I was given a role and it's a senior role. <laughs> 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 I, it's, it's true to me, uh, well, I don't know, I'm writing apps and then they look at me and say, Oh, you're yeah, a senior now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've been doing this for a while and your quality is high, so yeah, you should most likely not be on the same level as this other guy who is a mid-level guy. Exactly. So,
0: and they give me senior a role To me, <laughs> when the question comes, I'm like, I don't know, but I think i just, I have to give something. So I'm not, now I want to ask you, because it looks like you have been a senior for a while. What makes you look at someone and say, oh, this is senior, this is a mid-level developer?
1: Hmm. Well,
2: I think, I
1: think my, my perception of it has changed over time. Because when you say the word that you've been a senior for a while, it officially, <laughs> probably not, but maybe not for that long. Uh, but at least, I, I think for me, the thing has always been how deep, how deep of an understanding do you have? about this thing. Of course, it's hard to measure. Like, if someone looks at me and say, what is the percentage of knowledge you have in Flutter, for instance? Like, I don't know what number to give because it's constantly changing. So I can't really just say, yeah, I know 70 or 90% of it. And also, what percentage makes you very knowledgeable? Who decides it? Who gives Mm. you a test on it? So for me, I think it's more about... If you're given a task to do, yeah. how do you solve it? Like, is your first option uh, Google? How do I um, balance a binary, whatever? <laughs> or is the first question Stack Overflow? Um, how do you uh, make the upper bigger than five or something like that? Like, is that your first approach? <laughs> if the answer is yes, then. Yeah, probably you still need some learning to do. But it also depends on the complexity of the question, of course. But if the answer is no in the sense that, okay, um, how, how, did they actually, how did they do this in Flutter? How can you know? Yeah, go to the source code, see how they did it. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely thinking on a different level. And it also means that the solution that you'd come up with would be very different from the solution that the other person would come up with. Because the other person will most likely go there, get the code, modify it to make it work. And that's most likely where he would stop. But for you, you could write the code, know that, oh, yeah, if, Flutter, if the Flutter team decided to write tests for this thing, then I should probably write tests. Um, I see there's docs, so I should probably write docs. So you can already yeah. see that you think differently about the same problem. And the direction that you go about it is very different. So I think that's one thing. And then the next thing is, however you're able to solve that problem, can you actually transfer that knowledge to someone else? Mm -hmm. It's transferable if you're you're able to transfer that knowledge, then you're definitely a senior. So I think those are two major things that I would look at. So if I give you a problem to solve, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? If, you, if I can tell that the first thing that comes to your mind is how did the original guys build it? Okay, now that I know how yeah. to build it, why did they build it like this? So, yeah, I think those are the two major things I would look at.
0: I never really thought about the part of knowledge transfer, and looking at it, it makes sense because it's the senior that guides the junior, anyways. And if you can't yeah. transfer your knowledge properly, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. It's a
1: big problem. And
0: for the point for, um, for being able to approach a problem, I think um, over time, what you search for on Stack Overflow will, <laughs> will have been different. You'll be searching for yep. more spe- specific stuff now.
1: What, you, what
0: you're yeah. searching for will be totally different <laughs> from when yeah, you start. Exactly
1: yeah exactly
0: and it's been nice having you on this call and i'm sure ah it's been loaded and i'm sure that uh, <laughs> anybody that hears this podcast will be we have learned one or two things here and thank you very uh, much I'm for glad
1: coming about that the,
0: <laughs> for coming on the Put- 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 Clan podcast and
1: yeah that'll be all <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, it, it was fun having this conversation. So I hope someone
2: benefits from it. Yeah, thank you very much.